Hey, welcome back, fellow metalheads, to the GWN Metal Podcast. I am your host, Mike, and today we continue our mini-series, Metal Behind the Scenes, to uncover the secrets behind blowing up a band via social media. Yes, we are tackling the often talked about, yet loathed topic of music marketing. Now, I'm personally fascinated by this as it relates to the fans and also the fun creation of content. This is a side of bands that is not usually talked about, but is definitely important, especially as a vehicle to create a strong community and image. As a fan, the worst thing to see is your favorite bands virtually non-existent on social platforms. But as an artist, this could be a death sentence for your relevance to the scene. Now, of course, if your band's main goal is to simply have fun, play to the occasional uh, fans on shows, and uh, just make friends, the need to be strategic and consistent in your marketing is definitely less important. However, if you aspire to build a career in music, marketing is non-negotiable. To help us get down and dirty on the strategies that are working in 2021 is a young business owner who leads by example with what he teaches. Matt Bacon is the mastermind behind Dropout Media, a marketing agency focused on scaling DIY principles to create communities for bands and labels. Working with bands like x Hoarder, Alceste, and Fractal Universe, to labels like Prophecy Productions, Ripple Music, and Canada's Artifact Records, his strategies are practical and effective. He also guest hosts and co-hosts on other music marketing podcasts and is recognized for his daily 60-second advice videos on Instagram and TikTok, which you will hear more about in this episode. Once again, I recommend that you take out your notepads to jot down ideas for your band if you're a musician listening to this. And if you're a curious metal fan like me, then just share this podcast with your band friends that you think would get value out of this information. So without further ado, I present to you my conversation on DIY music marketing with Matt Bacon of Dropout Media. All right, Matt. So it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, I wanted to just start off by, you know, saying that we actually met, well, virtually met, I guess, uh, last summer through Instagram. And uh, the first thing that caught my attention was your daily bacon bits. So uh, since that time, been following your stuff, really, really enjoyed, you know, the different content that you've been putting out there, uh, the consistency for it. And uh, it's even helped me even though I'm not technically a band, uh, to kind of understand a little bit more about the music industry. So it's a pleasure to have you on and uh, welcome to the GWN podcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I love what you're doing, focusing on community. I think that's really important. Um, so it makes me really happy to get to uh, talk to someone like you who's really like here for the right reasons. That makes me very excited. Awesome. I appreciate that, man. 
So today is going to be all focused on the basics of marketing uh, for the music industry. In this particular case, though, one of the things that you specialize in, which I think is really important uh, moving into 2022, is having the DIY mindset. So basically empowering bands to be able to learn some of these things, apply it themselves, and then whenever it is appropriate to move from them doing everything to then maybe getting um, a label or getting uh, another agency to help them with their marketing, how all those things work together. So the first question is, what is Dropout Media, your company? Sure. So Dropout Media is essentially a marketing agency and consultancy, right? We're essentially sort of the the B2C side, that is to say the side where I help bands directly is like consulting. And then the more label-facing side is generally more focused on marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Although when I help bands, obviously a lot of that is around marketing consulting as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it started, uh, holy shit, six years ago now uh, after, so I dropped out of college, had a PR job. Um, the job kind of fell apart just because the guy who gave it to me was going through some of his own shit, you know, and ensuring that a 19-year-old had a job in, you know, like not a priority given he was doing like growing up stuff he had to deal with. Um, we're still friends, but I kind of left that company and a bunch of the bands were like, hi, uh, you gave us a bunch of good advice. Can you like keep giving us good advice? Can we pay you? And so there I was, like 19, having to figure out how I was going to pay rent the next month. And I was like, why, yes, you can pay me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so that's what I did, was I figured out, like, cool, here is how we, uh, you know, this is what I needed to do, was I just needed to uh, start giving bands advice for how to push themselves, because I feel like a lot of them were making some pretty basic mistakes, you know what I mean? And I felt like I could help them. And this gradually turned into working with labels like Ripple Music, Blacklight Media, which is a Metal Blade subsidiary I do with uh, Chris Santos, who's like a celebrity chef on Chopped, uh, Prophecy Productions, Artifact Records, Svart, Eisenwald, a whole list. I'm sure I'm forgetting them. I'm, I'm sh- you know, uh, you know how it goes. But I do a whole bunch of stuff in terms of marketing with a whole bunch of different people who I really enjoy. And, um, yeah, you know, on top of that, what people know me from is Bacon's Bits, which is my daily video series where I do four videos a day, just kind of giving people band advice. And this is everything from like super high level, like here is how you set up, you know, pixel tracking for Facebook ads to stuff like, Oh, here's some tips for booking your first show. Yeah, for sure. And I was actually curious, uh, why or where did that idea come from of making it, you know, like a daily series uh, for really your personal brand, I guess, in a way? My buddy Curtis Dewar recommended it to me. We used to do a lot of work together uh, and we read a lot of the same uh, marketing books. And he kind of was I was kind of in a really bad coming out of a really bad place in my life. Like I'd just gotten sober and I just like done a bunch of things, stopped doing a bunch of stupid things. Mm. And I kind of needed things that I could do every day that would sort of like help me grow and like get me through. And that was one of his ideas. And uh, 
you know, it really helped and it led to a lot of growth. And then eventually over time, I kind of kept tweaking and evolving. And eventually I got the cigar. Eventually I got, um, you know, my friend Sarah was like, oh, well, it actually looks a lot better when you do it on your front porch. And I was like, oh, huh, that's a good point, Sarah. And so I started doing them outside. Um, and yeah, you know, so that's been like three over three years now, which is insane to think about. Um, but it's been a huge driving force, you know, and it, for a long time it was one a day. And then back in October when I started TikToking seriously, I upped to four a day. And uh, and then recently I started posting all four a day of those on Instagram. And that's been really cool too, to watch everything like blow up from there. Yeah, that's great. And I think we'll probably come back to this uh, in some of the questions uh, later, because as you, as you said, right, this is something that you started for yourself, but then it snowballed into this bigger thing to, to help you grow. Um, so let's cycle into some basics of marketing here. Um, I definitely have been scouring through some of your uh, content, uh, including your new ebook, which is titled uh, Social Media and Your Band. And so I kind of had a couple questions for you that uh, I wanted to take a little bit further uh, and get your thoughts on. Sure. Hit me. All right. So the first one is probably something you've heard many times, but I'm curious to to hear it from you. Um, in today's world, so 2021, what are the three top mistakes you still see bands doing for marketing specifically? Sure. Um, that's honestly not a question I've heard lately. Um, so oh. I appreciate you asking it. Okay. Um, and it's a good question. I think, I think the big one, ultimately everything comes down to they're just, most bands are not creating enough content and they're not like trying to sell enough. Right. Which is kind of a double-edged sword, right? On the one hand, like I think most bands are not, you know, they're not posting enough. They're not creating enough, like inter, like they're not taking enough photos. They're not like letting people become part of the story. Mm. By people, you mean like their fans or? Yeah. Or just people in the scene in general, right? Like they're not, if, if, if people don't understand what you're about, if they don't get a sense of like, Oh, hi, this is what I do. Then they're not going to follow you. You know what I mean? And that's what people really want is they want a sense of, Oh, hi, this is what I do. This is who I am. Do you want to come be a part of my community with me? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you need to give that to people. And if you can't give that to people, then they're not going to care. Right? Like it's really, it's really that simple. And I think a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't, you know, I think you got to think about like, why do you like bands? Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of the time it's because, oh, because they make me feel like I'm part of something greater or like I'm, you know, contributing to a larger whole. And I think it's important that like you have that and that you recognize that and that, uh, you know, you let that become a part of why you do this. Do you, do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, I think that people don't tell those stories and they don't let people know, you know, and then so, so that's kind of the first part, right? The second part is that they don't sell enough. They're not telling people, hi, you know, hi, we have shirts for sale. Please go buy them. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just doing it for a hobby, that's fine. But if you're trying to make a living, then making a living implies making money, you know, and that means you've got to 
make some sales. You know, you've got to do something to, you know, get some cash in your pocket. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of people just don't do that. And I think it really works against them, you know, uh, which is a bummer because I don't want people to do things that work against them. I want people to do things that are cool and genuinely help them. You know what I mean? So I think that like if you create more content around your merch, you will sell a shocking amount more merch than you thought you would. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of the most important aspects that people don't consider is like, oh, hey, motherfuckers out here really do want to buy from you and really do want to hear from you. And, you know, you can contribute to that and be a part of it and have it be sick. Yeah, I'm just thinking through like some of the bands that I've been seeing recently that have employed that strategy. And, you know, some of the things that they do is quite simple. It's, hey, we're thinking between these three designs. What do you guys think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like you do that or you just like if you do a video where you just outline like why your shirt is dope, mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at how many people will buy a shirt from you. Because yeah. you were like, oh, hey, this shirt is sick because it has this, this and this. A stunning amount of people will turn around and be like, oh, shit, that is dope. I want one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, so do that, you know? Like if that's if people are like legit stoked about that, then go right. Like make sales, make sure people know, because we also live in an age where people are legitimately stoked on hustlers. They're legitimately stoked when they see someone like trying really hard to like get a good result. You know, like I think people get in their head that like, oh, no one wants to see me like work on this stuff. But like people do want to see you work on that stuff. People want to see you doing good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think you just need to like, if you embrace that sort of wholeheartedly, you know, and you're just like, yeah, like I'm going to have a good time and try to sell and try to make this my living. Then like people generally tend to back it. Like we, we, part of this is like as a society, I think we value entrepreneurship too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I think, like I personally look at a lot of people I know who, want to do what I do, but don't necessarily understand the, the shitty side, you know, and a lot of the stuff I have to like work through in terms of like, for me, like work addiction is like a serious thing I struggle with. Um, you know, and I think, you know, but the point being, if people are valuing it, people are valuing it and the market is the market is the market. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, tell motherfuckers, this is what I want is I want you to buy from me. I want you to support me and a surprising amount of them will turn around and be like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And support you and buy from you and do things. Yeah, I definitely agree. Is there a, a last one? All right. And, oh, and so one last one, I think that a lot of bands, especially in rock and metal still, even in the TikTok era, are not valuing video content enough. If you can make good videos, even if it's just you talking into a camera, you can get really far. And a lot of bands aren't making good videos and aren't trying to make good videos and aren't trying to like engage people in that way. And it really slows them the fuck down. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? And I think that's like a huge mistake is like ultimately video content is king and you've got to either get on it or be left in the dust. And I think a lot of people right now are opting to be left in the dust, which is a bummer because I want you to succeed. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just think like it's a lot easier than you think. You just have to get out of your own head. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people think it's a lot scarier than it actually is. Yeah. And I think another piece too is that they might not think that a, some kind of piece of content that they create is good enough to post. Right. So we're talking like, for example, a behind the scenes photo, they might look at it and be like, yeah, but this isn't like flashy. Right. So then they opt to not post anything. So that might be another, another mindset thing there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like to that, I'm always, you know, people tell me that stuff all the time, you know, and I'm like, motherfucker, like literally yesterday, I posted a video where I'm lying on my couch talking about Black Sabbath. (laughs) And I got like 5000 views and like a ton of comments. Yeah. You know, and obviously, like, I'm like known or whatever. But, you know, I see other people make similar videos where they're lying on their couch talking about Black Sabbath. And they also get a lot of love. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's like something you need to consider is like people are here to, you know, they're looking for entertainment. They're looking for connection. They're looking for like, oh, can someone connect with me in a way that feels cool and authentic? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's so much of what I try to do is I think there's a lot of other music marketers out there, but I don't necessarily get the impression that all of them have watched someone you know shoot up at a punk show Mm. (laughs) right not that that's like a good thing but like i think that i have a level of legitimacy a lot of these other cats don't necessarily bring to the table Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah you've been there you've seen it and you're like okay this is what works this is what doesn't yeah you know and I i get the impression like and i think a lot of these guys are really smart i think a guy like Corey to savior is really smart and that dude is definitely super legit jesse cannon super like jesse cannon is who i want to be when i grow up mm. like i go out to dinner with him and i'm like oh my god and he won't even let me buy everything because i think you're so nice <laughs> um you know but i just think like yeah like i just think a lot of people don't get that like you just have to have that authenticity you have to just like you either live it or you don't you, you know what i mean yeah and i think that a lot of people that's scary to them and i get that i get why that's scary you know, um, I just think you gotta, this is the game, you know, is like, there's a courage aspect. There's a, how much are you willing to do? You know, how much are you willing to put yourself out there? And I think if you're too, and and I also think it's, it's important to recognize like, oh, like maybe I just want to make music with my friends. And you know, and play at play at a bar to my other friends four times a year, and that's totally fine. You know, yeah. and people act like that's not fine and that's wrong because it's totally cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I am trying to start a band where I do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that is that is what's interesting to me personally, as yeah. like a yeah. an artist, right? Is like I want to start a band with like 
my friends from the hardcore scene where I don't have to work hard and I can just like play hardcore shows with my friends. Mm-hmm. And and the thing too, like for everybody listening is that this isn't necessarily just um, a music, uh, music career problem, right? Oh uh, yeah, totally. In, in your ebook, you actually have a graph that explains in general, when we're talking about content marketing, what are some of the biggest issues and exactly what Matt just mentioned are the top three, right? Producing enough content, uh, producing engaging content, and then even should we have a budget or do a DIY type of um, production for this content? And so um, this is really just kind of thinking about your band as a business in that sense. And these are very similar challenges that people have, but um, you know, with a little bit more uh, courage, a little bit more intention behind it, some of these things can be um, solved for. And so, Matt, to take it into more of a practical level, because I'm, I'm sure you you do consulting for a lot of different types of bands. They're looking for different types of content. If if someone's listening right now and they're ready to experiment, right, do something that they've never really done before, what are kind of like three different types of content, like three pieces of content that you would recommend they try out? I think that's a good question. You got a lot of these. Um, I think... Yeah, I think there's huge value in literally just talking at the camera. Mm. You know, I think that not a lot of people want to do that. But I think when you literally just talk at the camera, you get surprisingly good results. I think there's huge value in showcasing your gear, especially for rock and metal, where most of the fans are also musicians. You know, even if on a very casual level, you know, Mm -hmm. um, your fans probably play music. So it's like cool well if they play music they probably want to know more about uh, like the music you make so why not engage with them on that Mm -hmm. yeah so i think that's a really valuable piece of content uh in terms of gear stuff i also think like i said before the showcasing the merch content is like really good Mm -hmm. because it just really showcases like hi this is what i do you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is this is how you can support us. And I think that a lot of people don't understand if you ask for support, you frequently get it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a scary thing to think. And I understand that firsthand, you know, but if you if you reach out and you're just like, hi, I need some love. Surprising amount of people are willing to show you some love. Yeah, for sure. And this goes into another question I was curious about, because uh, going back to Bacon Bits, uh, I think you recently posted a video where you started talking a little bit about your marketing campaigns that you're building for people. Um, We're not going to go into the technical realm per se, but just on a high level, what is like the most recent marketing campaign that either you've done or you've seen another band do for their album or EP release that has really impressed you? Um... I've raved about it a lot, but I think the Capra campaign we did with Blacklight Media and Metal Blade is like really exciting, given that that was a band who like hadn't really played outside their home state, mm. you know, didn't really have any music out with their sing- their current singer, um, you know, had just been sort of a local band who I had been friends with via the hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. Now we've blown them up into like someone who like they're going to be featured, they're going to play on the uh, not fest live stream. They played on the metal injection live stream. They're, you know, well, they're getting wow. on tours. They're 
getting tons of streams. People like strangers hit me up having heard about them. Right. Like, oh, my God, this is a band who like really are suddenly getting somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that's a band who I really rave about frequently and who I think have had a lot of success for a variety of different reasons. You know, the main one being, I think a lot of times I go to a band and I say, hi, here's six cool ideas, and they do like half of one. Whereas okay. I go to Capra and I'm like, hi, here's six cool ideas, and they do four. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that is a band. Like, I think that when you're a band, you have to be... You know, and like your label guy gives you some ideas to help you, then you want to have them be genuinely helpful. You know what I mean? Like you need to actually act on it. You can't just expect whatever person at the label to just make it work for you. You know what I mean? Um, Because there's a lot of bands on a lot of big labels who never go anywhere because they don't do the work, right? Like the label guy can't do the work for you. Yeah. You know, especially when that type of work is like I can set up I can set up ads, you know, I can set up I can do whatever, you know, but I can intro them to the the cool booking agent who I'm friends with. But I can't um you know, I can't do a lot of this other stuff for them that they need. You know, I can't be in front of the camera talking about their songs. I can't be in Louisiana shooting their videos. I can't you know what I mean? Like they need to do that too. Yeah, And, you know, and it's like, cool. So, like, if you can take part in that push-pull, as it were, and engage meaningfully, you're going to get really far, you know? Like, but you need to act on it as a band. And I think that, you know, I think ultimately, I think a lot of bands kind of know what they need to do. They just don't do it. Mm. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Which, like, sucks to say, but it's the harsh reality. You know what I mean? Is like a lot of people understand like, Oh, like we do need to post more on social media. We do need to engage more with other people, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, do you think a way that people can get around this is maybe designating certain members to do certain things? Yeah. You know, but I also think you have to appreciate that when it comes down to it, um, you know, only some people, you know, bands always have this problem of like, not everyone is an equal contributor and you just have to appreciate that. Like that's the other piece, right? Is like not everyone in your band is going to work as hard as the main dude. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very rare that that happens. When that happens, it's called fallout boy. (laughs) Okay. Or my chemical romance where it's like a band where it's like, Oh, okay. This was like four dudes from the hardcore scene who all were the like hardest working guys in their own bands who eventually came together and were able to take over the world. Right? Like that's what it is, Mm. you know? And it's like, either you can do that, you know, or you can't in most cases. It's not often that you have multiple guys who like try to be, who want to (sighs) be, don't take this the wrong way, but like stars, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's something I enjoy about Capra, is, like, three members of that band are constantly pushing themselves almost as if they were stars. Right. You know, which is important. Like, that's really important. You know, it's like, look at, like, Slipknot is another good example. There's, you know, obviously Corey Taylor, 
but then Clown and then Jim Root are like those three guys alone all try really hard to like push their own stardom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really cool to me. Yeah, for sure. And this actually ties into something that you mentioned earlier in the podcast, but I wanted to ask you because this again comes from Bacon Bits and I thought it was super valuable because I didn't even think about this for myself. And you, you said something about how you think that making networking a daily task is critical for bands. I was hoping you could expand on that a little bit. I mean, one of the things I was talking about this with Scotty Tank Crimes last night was uh, on our podcast. Uh, one of the things that I really run into with some of my clients is like, or even commenters, right? Is they're like, oh, you talk about booking shows like it's so easy. And, you know, which is, I get it, you know. Um, or, like, I just am able to, like, pull things together in a way that's, like, not hard, right? And people ask me about this all the time. They're like, how do you just make shit happen like that, you know? And it's, and it's like, because I, from the age of 14, I met every single punk ever. Mm. And I wrote about all their bands on my blog. And we all became friends. And now I have this insane network. You know, you know what I mean? And like, except it's really hard to tell someone like, oh, just go back to being 14 and just like make friends with every punk ever. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not really a valid strategy I can give someone. Um, right. But what I can do is like, look, like if you reach out to one new person a day and if you give back by making one introduction a day sooner or later, it's going to start to pay off. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I have this thing I'm really into called the Dream 100. Okay. And I have an example here. The Dream 100 is basically a list you make of 100 people you want to be in touch with or you want to work with. Right? So this could be blogs, this can be bands, this can be managers, whatever. And then you reach out to one of them a day. And not all of them will reply but some of them will like, that's literally how like high desert queen, um, have gone from like a band who have one song out to like a band who are like booking festivals and like booking tours and connected with all these cool bands and have like a lot of really cool things in the hopper that I can't talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like, that's like, that's a band who literally I gave Ryan the, uh, the dream 100 strategy. I was like, here, okay, just do this. Like make a list of a hundred people and start reaching out. And they went from like zero to a hundred, like basically overnight because they just kept like Ryan's a nice guy, you know, but he just like kept reaching out and he just reached out and reached out and reached out and reached out. And then it turned into something meaningful. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. That's awesome. yeah, like that's the thing, right? Is it's like, but he just kept doing it. And I think that's where a lot of people fall down is they just, they, they do it once and maybe it doesn't work out totally the way they want it to. Um, and then they never do it again. And it's like, well, no bro. You know, like music is not like, I always talk about giving, you know, and shouting out your peers and, Mm-hmm. all of this stuff and people are like that's that's nice but you know that's nice because your friends are cool and you know they'll shout you out in return but that doesn't happen to me and i'm like well yeah but also you have to do it 
you know, gi- giving to get is not a one to one, right? Yeah. It starts out as 10 to one. For every 10 things you give, you get one thing back. Mm-hmm. But piece by piece, you start to give so much that it turns into its own machine. That's kind of how it is for me, right? Yeah. And like, I'll definitely like get grumpy about like, fucking, I do all this stuff for the scene and no one in the scene cares about me or worries <laughs> about my problems. Yeah. And then I look around and I'm like, oh, right. I live in like a fucking nice apartment in London and I have like another apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. And like, fucking don't need to worry about anything real. Like, I wake <laughs> up and think about like Cannibal Corpse and like have a conversation about that. You know? Yeah, totally. And it's like, that's not really like that's not a real job <laughs> you know like that's what happens when you give when you give right is like over time it you know it becomes better but you need to start mm-hmm. do you do you know what i'm saying and i think yep. a lot of people yep. never start and that's the that's the problem is it's like give 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 you know, because eventually it's going to come back, especially in music. You know, I always like music because it's sort of, at least in like the, in the hardcore metal scenes, when it's operating properly, it's really anarchism. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's really this idea of like, we are doing things for the greater community with the trust that our community will take care of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is essentially what anarchism is. And, yeah. you know, and that's what I see happening is we take care of each other and we elevate each other and good things happen. That's not always the case, but it's the case often enough for me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what people need to embrace is like, okay, maybe this isn't always a gimme. You know, but maybe we need to not focus on gimmies. We need to focus on what is elevating the community. How do I keep give, how do I keep giving back and growing towards something better? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's when you start to really see exciting things start to happen and start to like get meaningful opportunity, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome, Matt. I really appreciate you you going through that because uh, that's something that I'm going to start using myself, right? So I, I really appreciate it. 2020 and this beginning of 2021 were some of the best networking years of my life. As someone who's like, that's what I do, like that's the skill, you know? Mm-hmm. Like these past years, I've, I've picked up so many cool label clients. I've worked on so many cool like top 40 records and cool projects. You know, and I used to think that was only because I like saw these people at festivals and I thought I was cool like they, you know, or whatever, you know, oh, I was I was really like when I'm at festivals, I try to really humble myself and really try to be like, oh, hey, like you need someone to move this set of merch over there. I'll do that. Whatever. It's fine. You know, mm-hmm. or, oh, does anyone want water? Like I always try to be that guy. And yeah. then I realized like you can just do the same thing online if you have a dream 100, right? Like you can just mm-hmm. like maybe it's someone who was in your orbit who you didn't know well. You know, like that's what it was with Jesse Cannon, for example, right? It was like, I knew I admired this guy since I was like, uh, you know, 19 years old. And we had a bunch of mutuals and I just kept like, 
grinding away at like, oh, okay, how do I, how do I get him to like me? You know what I mean? Mm. What do I do? Let's just keep working on this. And, you know, I just kept reaching out and just eventually we became friends, you know, like this is what you got to do. You know, it's just reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out. Yeah. And so I just want to be respectful of your time. I know you, you said that you had uh, something else to do, but uh, yeah, for any other musicians that are listening out there, we've covered quite a few different things. I'd recommend uh, two things. Uh, one, you check out Matt's free ebook, uh, social media and your band. There's also a webinar attached to that, which I thought was very valuable. And uh, if you do need specific help to put something together, a concrete marketing plan or something around questions for branding, I definitely would encourage you to reach out to Matt directly and uh, he'd be able to do a consultation uh, with you and you can learn some stuff. So uh, Matt, what's the best way that people can get in touch with you? Uh, Just email me, matt at dropoutmedia.net. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you so much, man. Hell yeah, that was epic. I hope you gained some new insights from this episode on music marketing, or at least leave with an additional motivation to get things going for your own social media channels. To learn more about Matt and Dropout Media's work, check out the links in the show notes. And of course, if you're interested in diving deeper into the Canadian metal scene, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and YouTube for other content related to the scene and the amazing bands that make it worthwhile. Until next time, cheers.